the Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 150, the core qualities to be an effective coach in sports and in business. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. Firstly, can I say I cannot believe we're here at episode 150. Honestly, when I started this podcast show three years ago, I never imagined the show being this popular, but most of all, that people like yourself who listen in every week. So firstly, I want to take the time to thank you for really dedicating your time to listen to this show. And as always, you know, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who can inspire and really make you the best version of yourself, especially if you have an interest in Pursuit coaching. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, you're in for a real treat. This week's special guest for episode 150 is Coach Michael Burt. Michael has a fascinating career journey. He is a former championship winning women's basketball coach, and now he's applying his coaching philosophy into the business world, helping organizations position themselves and dominate in their market to achieve success. He's an author of seven books, which he'll talk about during this podcast chat. And also, he's the founder of Monster Producer Academy. Honestly, it's such a pleasure to have Coach Michael Burt on the show. And that's when today's episode, Michael will share his sports career journey and explain to you the qualities you need to be an effective coach in sports and in business. Michael, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Please, can you share your coaching career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Six years old, on a local baseball field, a little league baseball coach named Nicky Benson said to me at six, son, one of these days, you're going to be a great coach. That's when I had a big revelation. That's when I knew I was supposed to coach in my life. Could you explain a lot more of your journey from that progression journey to where you are now with regards to coaching and how it's had a big part to your life? So early in my career, at 15 years old, fast forward, a little league baseball coach asked me, to help me coach a junior pro basketball team. The minute I started coaching, I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. So I became a basketball coach. 15, 16, 17, coaching 9 to 12-year-old kids. I went to my elementary school, where I personally went to school at 18, and said, I want to be the head boys basketball coach at this school. And I went back 14 straight days. He gave me the job. I coached the team. I built my own office. Very first year, we won a state championship. They paid me $199.50 for the year. And uh, I believe every day at your current role is an interview for your next role. So at 19, I got a phone call to be an assistant coach at the second largest high school in Tennessee. I was going to be the head coach there at 22. Spent roughly nine or ten years building a national powerhouse. And I began writing books and speaking. And at 31 years old, I retired to build a multi-million dollar coaching business, which is what I do today. I am a coach. 
this is very different than lots of people that are out there in the world that are celebrities or create products. All I do every day is coach between 700 and 1,000 people a month. And I'm coaching them in groups. I'm coaching them through individual programs. I'm coaching them through live events. But we are running a coaching business. Very few people want to do that today. People want to create products and sell products and never talk to the people they're coaching. We are, we believe everybody needs a good coach in their life. So that's what kind of business I've built. Michael, before we talk about your business now, your coaching business, I just want to go back in time because my audience are like university students, coaches at a young level. Would you mind providing a snapshot of what you learned from the age of 18 to 25 by learning the reps and learning those sort of coaching principles to what supported you now from a business standpoint? The best thing I learned from 18 to 25 is to study under one master. I studied Dr. Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, who created the whole person theory, who believed in, there you go, who wrote Principle Center Leadership, The Eighth Habit, First Things First. That was my mentor. And I studied that man every way you could study. I was like a little miniature Covey. And because I studied someone who had so much depth and breadth, it built a deeper understanding of how to hardwire people to win. It helped me to understand human nature better. I have a lot more meat uh, than most people because of who I studied. That one thing has helped me tremendously in the world, in a world of cotton candy, of pop-up psychology, of quick fix, of motivation. Knowing that methodology separates me from a lot of people that are out there. Just on that note, with regards to having a mentor or, or learning from a mentor, out of interest, how did your learning rub off to your players? When I was learning, I was teaching them. Covey called it the two-person theory. Two-person teaching method is I would learn it, then I would teach it to them. I would learn it, and I would teach it to them. Imagine a 14-year-old learning the seven habits and mastering the seven habits. Imagine them learning the power of attention by Dyer the fifth discipline or the five disciplines of a learning organization by Peter Singer. These are deep concepts. So what that translated to was a competitive intelligence. My teams were more connected. They had higher levels of energy, higher trust levels. That's why we won more games than other people. My, my teams were smarter than other people's teams. And just looking coaching as a bigger picture now, and you mentioned it earlier before with regards to the current work you're doing, but have you seen coaching influence modern society with regards to self-development? You know, about 17 years ago when I first started speaking, that was when personal coaching and business coaching began to enter the business market. Obviously, you had Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, all of those people that were successful, but... Really, business coaching started 17, 20 years ago at Tony Robbins and those type people. But it was 17 years ago that companies began to call me and say, we want you to coach and develop our people. We want you to coach our managers. I would go speak and thinking, that's it. I'm going to go speak. Maybe I sell a few books. I go for the next deal. Then people began to say to me, we would like for you to be our coach to coach our team, to coach our entire company. And those are six-figure contracts. So that quickly told me how serious 
It's just simple to me. It's people produce at higher levels with great coaches. It, it's, it's the same way in sports, Olympics, the whole, the whole deal. Who's coaching you matters. Just on that note, because what you're talking about now really relates to today's podcast topic, what core qualities do you need to be an effective coach in sport and in business? Because it sounds like there's a bit of an overlap for what you've just said earlier. There is a tremendous overlap. The sports world needs more business acumen. The business world needs more sports acumen. To be a great coach, I really think you need four things. Maybe seven things. You need incredible knowledge. You need to really know what you're talking about. You need impeccable communication skills to communicate and articulate. You need high levels of desire and courage and confidence to fight through when people don't follow through. You need confidence, which is an internal belief that you can create or manifest something. You need some likability. You need some connectivity. When I'm looking at great coaches, they have those characteristics. But I'm intense and I'm positive. And I try to have an infectious personality, a confidence about me that gets people to buy into me. And I, and I have fun with it. I can be very serious, but I can also have fun. I can challenge people. I, 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 I'm loose with it. Out of interest with regards to those qualities, which one quality have you had to develop relating to your coaching career, even coaching style? The number one thing I've had to develop is the ability to promote and market my skill set. And I still haven't mastered that. Listen, when you see a big-time person, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, uh, whomever, MLM, many of those people have a long obedience in the same direction. They've been doing this for 30 to 40 years. They've learned. They've got better. So how does a young cat that's 40 years old, 42 years old, compete with them? Only through marketing and promotion. So, so you may be really good as a coach. But you're real good, but you're not real known. My buddy Brad Lee tells me all the time, he said, Coach Bird, you're real good, but you're just not real known yet. So that's a marketing problem. That's something we're working on every day, branding, marketing, promoting. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why I'm out in the world speaking all over the place. i got to become more known in the world. Well, I'm from the UK and I'm learning from you. And it leads to my next big question relating to that marketing standpoint in a way. What inspired you to write a range of books? And if it's cool with you, I'd love you to talk about all the books you've written because I've read them all. I find them fascinating. They've helped me. And I think the listeners will benefit a lot from them as well. Thank you for reading those and for purchasing those and and bringing those to the United Kingdom. You know, here's what I would tell you. I had a friend once... Tell me this. I had written one book on coaching. This was when I was 25. And he drew up on a piece of paper. He said, what you should do is, is build out a library of books. Go ahead and decide which topics you want to tackle. And let's go ahead and design your library. And I said, I want to do a leadership book. I want to do a book on confidence. I want to do a book on uh, personal development. I want to do a book on Right? And the next thing you know, I started to build out this, this library of books in my mind. You go there in your mind before you go there in the body. All things are created twice, first mentally, then physically. I, I built the library in my mind, and then I began to write these books. I don't write a book now unless I think it solves a problem for the world. Person of Interest is one of my better books. Everybody Needs a Coach in Life is a great book. My book on confidence, there's very little in the world written 
about confidence that's easy to digest and absorb. And then my new book, Inside the Mind of a Monster, is about how you think and attack and perform at the highest levels. So each book goes back to the whole person theory, body, mind, heart, and spirit. Each book goes back to my core philosophy that everybody needs to get coaching life. These books become your coaches. And just on that note with regards to your books, I love to talk about your greatness centers because honestly, in the UK, this is never heard of. And for me, I think this is really powerful with regards to your new movement if that's uh, the right thing you're saying I've, I've literally watched you on social media and when I see these greatness centers could you explain to listeners what they're about what's the purpose and what's your vision with them when moms and dads used to bring their daughters to me at 14 years old as a high school basketball coach I used to call my program the greatness factory and I would say we manufacture greatness when I Retired from athletic coaching, I started my first center, and it was called the Burt Center. And a, a, a person said, it's like you're going somewhere. You're going to the Burt Center. Like, hey, we're going down to the Burt Center. And then over a few years, I started to say, you know what? I want a factory of greatness, just like I had in high school. So I began calling it the Greatness Factory. Then I had this belief in every community around the world, there are people who want to pursue their potential. When they make a decision to pursue that potential, where do they go? I want you to think about you. When you made a decision to become great, here's what people do. They go to 10X. They go to a Tony Robbins event. They go for three or four days and then they go home. I wanted a local place where people could come on a consistent basis, where they could pursue their greatness. That's what I was looking for. That's the concept of the greatness factor. Feed your body, feed your mind, feed your heart, feed your spirit. So it all goes back to the, this whole person theory. Go to a place that feeds your body, your mind, your heart, and your spirit. So the greatness factories, the way they're designed, has a gym for the body. It has a training facility for a business coaching. It has podcast studio for uh, to, to be rented out. It has dream and incubation rooms, meditation area or quiet space, co-working space. It's kind of this little community for the top people in every community. And it will attract people. It's a structure. Once you get the top people in any community together, only good things are going to happen. Deals are going to be made. Partnerships are going to be formed. Capital is going to be raised. Real estate deals are going to take place. That's the biggest thing I've learned by building big coaching programs. If you put top people together, something big is going to happen. That's the concept of a greatness factory. As I said, you see my smile. I just can't wait to visit the States and seeing you in person in one of them. Just going back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? Recently, I've been on a big promotional tour. I've been on a big promotional tour out on the West Coast. So I did. I went to church with Tim Story. I was on Andy Dan Carter's uh, podcast. I spent some time with Albert Preciado in L.A. Uh, you know, I was out on the West Coast, Las Vegas with Brad Lee, and we were just out there trying to generate some business, trying to create some movement, trying to make something happen. I want to come to the U.K. really bad. I think we're working on potentially me coming to the U.K. to do something, but, but I, I, I'm looking for a reason to come over there. Let me put it that way. Absolutely. And 
Just looking at your career now as a bigger picture, what have you enjoyed the most from your coaching career journey looking back right now? The people that I've been able to interact with, the minds I've been able to study, the lessons I've learned, the places I've been able to go. Like this career has afforded me an incredible life. It's afforded me a credible life of, of that's completely rich with relationship, but it's afforded me the ability to travel all over the world to to live a good life and to give my family a good life. Mike, I can't express how much I've enjoyed this podcast chat and we're literally at the last question where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question and you provide some brilliant coaching advice already, but what three tips would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in coaching? I'm going to give you three good ones. One, go for the mentor over the money. Who you study under is so critical. Don't look for short-term money. Look for long-term learning. Number two, study one person. Don't study 500 people. Like, read 500 people. Study deep with one person. Okay? And number three, it's never too early to start. I started coaching at 15, thank God, because... He gave me so much forward momentum. You don't have to be perfect to start. You just got to start. You got to start. You got to get, you got to do what you're doing. Have a podcast, have an event, create something. Quit worrying about how are we going to market a book? What are we going to do? Just write the book. Just talk to anybody. You know, that's what you got to do. That's, you got to have the courage to go take action. Michael, that is absolutely fantastic. I really do hope the listeners take that on board as much as I have live right now. Out of interest, how can people interact with you online? They can follow me on Instagram, at Michael Burke, and I do spell it M-I-C-H-E-A-L, because I believe everybody needs a good coach in life. Uh, also, my YouTube channel has uh, hundreds and hundreds of videos. You can go to coachburke.com. I have online interactive academies, live coaching programs, live events. I want to be your coach. I want to help you get to a higher level. And I believe a good coach takes you to places you you don't even know that you want to go to. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Michael, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Wow. What an unbelievable podcast chat with Michael Coach Burt. For me, I learned so much from him during those 17 minutes and I really do hope with regards to today's podcast topic you've got a better understanding of what it takes to really circling coaching not just in sport but also in business and also that you've got a better understanding that these skill sets in coaching is the skill set and if you can really master that skill set like Michael has which I'm learning from him you can master in any area of life relating to your interest so Look, I've literally got goosebumps doing this ending of this podcast show because this is my 150th editing a podcast and having the ability to have somebody like Coach Burr really emphasize my podcast career journey. He's actually influencing my next step with regards to my career adventure in the sports industry and really pivoting pivoting me with regards to where I want to go. But relating to you, which I always want these podcast chats to be, so you can take action, I really do hope you can apply what Coach Burt said during this podcast chat and relate it to your sports career ambition because a lot of things that Coach Burt was mentioning were not just about coaching, these are also life skills. And I'm learning now 
throughout my whole podcast journey from the last three years. It's life skills which build character. And when we build character, it means we really pursue a challenge and what we want to do. And when we build that challenge, we make things happen because we have to take action. And for me, that's what I've learned from the last three years of following my own courage with regards to creating this podcast show. So I just want to take the time to thank all the listeners, all the special guests who have really supported me with regards to my career journey, but also providing this podcast show for the world where they can learn from the best. That's the main reason I started this. Personally, I thought episode 100, reaching that milestone was awesome, but reaching 150 feels even better. So look, I hope this podcast show has always been a fantastic resource for you. But my goal for you now is to apply it. Apply any of the learning you've learned from all the different podcast episodes, including this fantastic episode, and apply it to your sports career ambition today and make it reality. On that note, just do it. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Michael Coachbert said this, follow these three things for success. One, go for the mentor, not the money. Don't look for the short-term money, look for long-term learning. Two, study one person in depth and understand their values. Three, it's never too late to start in what you want to do. Start today. Start today.